0: Release date, September 8th, 2023, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the TBD College Football Podcast with your hosts. I'm Mason. And I'm Joey. And I'm Isaac. Well, we just got done with week one. This episode is entitled Kickers Wanted. I'm sure you know why, and Joey's gonna explain it for us right now.
1: I mean, I I don't have the statistics on it all, you know, from last season. But I swear I don't think I've seen so many missed kicks within one week, let alone a whole entire season. And unfortunately, I mean, two of them came from Clemson, um, and a few of them were blocked, whatever. But holy cow, guys! I mean, they—they—they're really looking for kickers out here. They're—they're they're really about to take you know, kickers off the streets, man. I—I I, I tell you,
0: Clemson looking for kickers. TCU looking for kickers, Colorado looking for kickers. Uh yeah, a lot of schools right now in the market for some kickers. What was it? Uh was it Mike Leach a couple years ago said that they were gonna have open tryouts? <laughs> yeah, that's uh some Mike Leach. Rest in peace to that guy. Anyway, welcome to this episode of the TBD College Football Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Before we start, we want you guys to know that Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, verse 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We believe that, and we also want you to believe that. If you ever have any questions about that, you can always hit us up on our YouTube comments. You can hit us up on our Instagram DMs. We love you guys, and we'd be willing to pray for you and talk with you about that. Let's get right into it. Week one, that was it uh, it was it was, it was something. I'm not sure what it was, but it was uh, definitely something. Saw some big upsets this week starting out. The first one of the week, Colorado over TCU, number 17 TCU. They came in with the expectation that they were going to get demolished. They were 20-point dogs. And, uh, yeah, Dion proved some people wrong. That was crazy. But it was just a great game. Next up, this one was fun well it was for two of us uh duke over clemson duke upsetting number nine clemson at home winning by three scores fresno state also upset purdue which was a really close game i didn't think it was going to be that close we all picked purdue and we were all wrong so uh yeah definitely a lot of issues there this week uh but speaking of these teams and these upsets this is going to lead us right into one of our favorite segments joey what's the segment
1: that's right mason our next segment is going to be overrated and underrated. And believe it or not, Notre Dame is not on this list this week. That's right. New season, new, new list. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and start out with Colorado, who upset number 17 TCU. Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders are absolutely insane. I mean, I think it was 116 yards from Travis Sanders, as well as an interception in that game. Making big plays in that game for sure, Heisman watch alert. Um, Dude played
0: over eighty snaps. Over he played 80 over snaps. eighty snaps, and Shadur Sanders at quarterback. He got five hundred and five yards, the most of any Colorado quarterback in one game.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and ask Isaac, what do you think? So I'm gonna say this:
2: TCU is a team who number one lost their quarterback. Number two, they retained roughly half of their offensive roster. Now, that said, they still put up 42 points. What I'm going to say to you is that it was a typical Big 12 game. There was no defense. That's why they put up 45. And, listen, I'm just excited to see Travis Hunter play against – when they go to Eugene here in a few weeks to play against uh, the Ducks. And, really, honestly, when they play USC, I believe it's the week after that, that will be the test. And, listen, Deion, I think he's changed the culture. I was wrong. Y'all can clown me all night. But what I'm going to say to you is that we'll see what happens.
0: I think Isaac's right. I think we absolutely will see what happens. Uh, I, I think that Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders, like you said, they freaking balled out. It was a great game. Uh, you know, me and me and Joey argued to Isaac last week that Dion was going to change the culture there. They said he couldn't do it that way. He said, you know, you can't kick everybody out and then get 64 transfers in and, you know, create a football team off that. Well prime time is happening baby whether y'all like it or not
1: So. so i think it's safe to say that we all agree that colorado is very much underrated next up we got georgia you know not a great start against an fcs opponent um only 17 first half points which is a little weird okay not the same offense as last year uh still won by 41 points though okay nothing crazy uh again new offense you know, same typical Georgia defense, though. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think that Georgia is right where they should be right now. Maybe over, there's an argument for overrated right now for the offensive side. Um, We'll see how it goes. Brock Bowers is still a a beast, a monster on the offensive end. We'll see how that goes. But we're just going to go ahead and uh, Mason, you're the Georgia guy.
0: Well, it's like you said, right? I mean, we are a little bit you know, I think we're right where we are. We did have some of those first half issues, but I think something that not a lot of people are talking about is, you know, we still got over 500 yards of offense in this game. Uh, we were definitely stalled out a little bit in the first half. You have Kendall Milton, who's who's still recovering from a hamstring injury at running back. You know, we have uh, Branson Robinson. He tore his meniscus or something, so he's out for the season. That's our second string back. So we're getting, you know, uh, Muse in there, Nick Muse. Uh, you know, we have a brand new quarterback. We have a brand new offensive coordinator. So I think that, you know, and Lad McConkie was out too, one of our, one of our, you know, best wide receivers. And you have Dominic Lovett, the transfer from Mizzou, and Ra Ra Thomas, the transfer from, uh, Mississippi State at receiver, and they're brand new to the office, right? So I think it's a lot of people just learning the scheme and, you know, learning their position and their part in the offense. I think that that's what it comes down to. So right now, I'm with you. I think Georgia is right where they need to be, but I don't think we stay there. I think we become underrated pretty soon.
2: Well, here's the thing it's kind of hard to pit the two time back to back defending champions, the reigning national champions for the past two seasons, going on with repeat. And say, well, are they overrated or underrated against an FCS opponent? Now, with that said, I would agree. I think Georgia's right where they should be. Given the fact that the injuries they had, they're still trying to find this new system. Like, like Mason said, new OC, new quarterback. They're trying to find their rhythm. I think they are where they should be. I think it was just a slow start. You know, that's not the first time in the past two seasons we've seen Georgia start slow against a subpar opponent. I believe it was against Georgia Tech last year where they really had a slow first half. And it's like, you know, they'll, they'll be okay. I think they're right where they should be, but I believe, again, I also like what Mason said, very soon they could very well be underrated depending on how they start out against conference play.
0: And something else I'll mention extremely quickly is that I think that our coaching is what sets us apart from a lot of other teams. You know, like last year we are down 13 points in Como against Missouri. And what do we do with, like, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter? We overcome that deficit, and we win by four. So I think that our coaching, too, is really what sets us apart. And Kirby, Kirby's coaching this year. He's mad. I saw him; he was mad in the first half. He did not like that they only put up 17 points. Um, so I think that, you know, like I said, it's it's going to come down to coaching. He's, he's still a great coach. He's not Nick Saban. Look, and I've said this for a long time. He's not Nick Saban. He's Kirby smart. He's building his own program. He's doing his own thing at Georgia. You know, his success that came from Alabama, sure, you can say he piggybacks on that. It's where he learned a lot, but he's becoming his own program. He's building his own dynasty. It's becoming a monster in Athens, whether y'all like it or not. So,
1: we don't. It's okay. Speaking of coaching, we're going to go ahead and combine these two together Florida State and LSU, only because they were in the same game. Um, coaching wise, Mike Norville, you know, he, he did incredible. He put a team together finally after a few years of Florida State having the rough end of the stick. After Jameis Winston uh, being drafted, and then on the other end, Brian Kelly, you know, second year at LSU, um, you know, I think I saw something somewhere uh, saying Brian Kelly's what has only like two or three wins against uh, top ten opponents or something like that. Um, so, you know, for me personally, I I said this in the last episode. LSU was ranked high because, you know, just how the first matchup went, you know, LSU versus Florida State. Um, But, you know, for Florida State, I think, again, they're right where they should be. You know, they're very talented, but there's still some things that I need to see from them, you know, against other opponents and stuff. You know, we're going to have the Battle of the Two Titans in the ACC um, coming up very soon, Florida State and Clemson. And then, you know, LSU – you know, it's arguable. It's arguable. They faced a really good opponent, but, you know, can they come back from it? So I'm going to say that FSU is right where they should be. And just by a tiny little bit, I think from where LSU was previously at, they were very much overrated. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to plug here and I'm going to say this.
2: LSU was ranked number five. I'm, I'm a huge Tigers fan, those of you that know. And LSU was ranked number five. by and large, because of the way they finished last season. They made the SEC title game, won the West in Brian Kelly's first year. They beat Bama in overtime in Death Valley. And all that said, um, Brian Kelly, what's up with it? That's the note we have on here. And here's the thing. I'd love to know. Because Brian Kelly's first line of his post-game presser was, apparently we're not the football team I thought we were. Brother, you had nine months to prepare for one game against the same team. And we can talk about this. We can say, well, you know what? Listen, Florida State's better than they were last year. I agree with that 100%. Keon Coleman is a beast. Jordan Travis is fantastic. Jordan Travis threw 23 for 31 passing for 342 yards, okay? Florida State was 9 for 14 on third down. Now, we could talk about, well, should LSU have rushed Harold Perkins and should they could they have made a difference in those third down plays? Absolutely. Matt House failed. Brian Kelly, his mouth got way too big and said we were going to beat the heck out of him. And the fact that they did make adjustments in the secondary when Deuce Chesnut got lit up by Keon Coleman for like two touchdowns, two of his three touchdowns were against Deuce Chesnut. His other one was against Major Burns, who got majorly burnt, right? And after he got burnt, they switched Chesnut to him, who's five eleven. Keon's like six five. And two touchdowns later, it's like, well, you know, this game's already over. What's the hurt? Listen, LSU was super overrated going into this going into this past week, and I I want us to be Grambling in Tiger Stadium this coming weekend, it's the home opener. But here's the thing, we were way overrated, and honestly, I am just royally pissed. Yeah, I
0: don't know how it's you're not
1: follow that Mason.
0: <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, I'm not the LSU fan here, so I I got LSU is overrated right now. One of the firm beliefs on this podcast is that anybody can be overrated and underrated in the same season. A lot of the times, it's going from underrated to overrated real quick, within a week usually. I believe that LSU still has some stuff that they can put together. Obviously, they're not out of it. They're still in the top 15. They can still make a run of the playoffs. They have to go undefeated and win the SEC championship now, uh, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, so, But right now, obviously,
1: LSU, sorry man, I got them overrated. Don't be sorry. They are fair enough. And just like we did with Florida State and LSU, we're going to go ahead and do the same thing with Duke and Clemson. Uh, Duke, you know, in this in the notes it says they won by three scores, but okay, technically they won by two. The third one was garbage time. Um, but yeah, Duke winning by three scores against my Clemson Tigers, uh, the first win since two thousand four against Clemson. Um, And the biggest question that a lot of people have right now is did Clemson self-destruct or is Duke really a good team? And the next big question that I've for some reason seen pop up a lot is, is the Dabo Dynasty dead? And let me tell you something. The Dabo Dynasty is not necessarily about the amount of wins this football team gets, right? The Dabo Dynasty is about the number of lives lives that he touches and brings to God. He has changed this football football program. He has brought faith to these players. You see players going into the program thinking all about football and leaving the program thinking all about their relationship with God. So with that question, I say that no, I don't think the Dabo dynasty is dead. I think having it, it called a dynasty itself is kind of, you know, a little lame, you know, because it's not always about football and I think we've kind of made that clear on on this podcast it's it's more about your relationship with God football is just an entertainment aspect okay and I think Dabo understands that um but in relation to, in relation to this game um Clemson definitely self uh, self-destructed I'll definitely agree with that <laughs> I think that um you know, we have a lot of four- and five-star athletes that uh, played, like, one- and two-star athletes, if even a star at all. I mean, you have two fumbles in the red zone. Uh, should have been up 21 to, I believe, 13. Um, but, you know, they fumbled the ball. They they fumbled the bag, as some would say. And, you know, it was just grueling to watch as a Clemson fan. Because I know coming into the second half, you knew Dabo lit him up. But yet they just couldn't keep their hands on the ball. They couldn't secure it for some reason. And they just let that game go away from them. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Duke is definitely underrated. I think they are a good team. Do not get me wrong. But I definitely think that Clemson was overrated in the sense of how they've played so far. How they've performed. I think they have the talent there. But how they're playing right now, they were overrated. Go ahead, Mason.
0: I love the way you describe the Dabo dynasty. Like it's not just about football. Football is entertainment. Like we said, and look, this is, this is a controversial thing because a lot of people say, well, Dabo's not hired to make guys relationship with God better. He's hired to coach football and get them into the NFL. 100. You know, like that's probably true. His job is to coach these players, but I would say that I don't really care. Like, to me, it's more important that these players are becoming better men and becoming, you know, more like Jesus. That's what's more important to me. You know, obviously, you guys can have your own opinions about that, but to me, like Joey's right. I think that that is the the center of the Dabo dynasty, right? Uh, but yes, when it comes to football, yeah, I got Clemson overrated. Um, just for now, I mean, I didn't think that the, I was really surprised and we're going to talk about this in a second, but you know, the AP poll dropped Clemson all the way to 25. Uh, I didn't see that coming. Uh, I don't think really anybody did. Um, but you know, that's what it's at and what what can you do? So what do you got, Isaac?
2: Yeah. So I, I want to piggyback on that just real quick. That's a great point, Joey. And that's the truth. And, and Mason, to piggyback on what you said, is that Dabo's job here? I mean, yeah, like that's his job as a coach, but really the Great Commission is for him to make disciples, and so we can argue that point. You know, those who don't believe will argue that point. That's fine, but I think he I think he does a really good job of both of those things, and I, I applaud Debo for that as a man, uh, I really do, I sincerely do. So, uh, with that said, looking at this game, you know, I think I think that Clemson is just a little overrated. I think that. I, here's what I think. I think Duke is underrated. I think Clemson's just a, just a hair overrated, not by much, because they're still figuring it out. They're in a similar places as, as Georgia right now. Kate okay, Club is trying to figure out that quarterback. You know, they're trying to figure out how to make him a good quarterback and utilize Will Shipley. They used them. They used Shipley a lot Monday night. They really did. But at the same time, those two fumbles, we can say, well, you know, is Duke really that good? I think they're a little underrated. They play with energy. They really were excited. Wallace Wade was was rocking. But the thing is that they also just took advantage of turnovers. That's it. And we can argue well, – listen, I'm going to say this. If Clemson scores those two touchdowns doesn't fumble, they win that game. That's a fact. So, it was a great game. I think – again, I think Duke's a little underrated. They play with energy. I think Mike Elko's changed the culture in Durham. But Dabo, the, the dynasty's not done. Clemson's just a little bit overrated. It was a great
1: time, and I'm looking forward to seeing the ACC run that both these guys make for the rest of the year. Agreed. And uh, I mean, real quick for the ACC, you got UNC, Duke, Clemson, Florida State. Uh, Hopefully NC State steps it back up. Uh, You got you got the ACC, you know, making a big statement before these new teams. But real quick for Duke, I'm going to highly say this. I think Duke has a Heisman contender in Riley Leonard. I think he absolutely performed his butt off. And I think that that game showed that, you know, there really is talent. There's an arm and there's legs. And, you know, dude can run, man. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you all. I agree. All right, now it's time for our
0: game of the week like normal. Isaac, why don't you tell the folks what our game of the week is. All
2: right, Mason, our game of the week is 11th-ranked Texas playing in Tuscaloosa uh, at third-ranked Alabama at 7 p.m.
0: This is going to be a great matchup, ranked matchup, obviously a top 11, almost a top 10 if Notre Dame hadn't, you know, jumped Texas. But uh, we have a special guest picker for you. We're here with Tyler Pinson. Uh, he's a senior at Wando High School this year. He's a student leader in the Chop House. He asked to be on the pod. He's a huge Alabama fan, so we let him on. And uh, how you doing tonight, Tyler?
3: Oh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, thankful to be on here. Blessed with opportunity.
0: Yeah, man. So what do you think? How did Alabama look last week? And how do you think they're going to look this week?
3: I think we look great. Um, I think there's definitely some always going to be things to improve on. Um, obviously, it's middle Tennessee, so it's not like an see right off the bat matchup. But, um, yeah, I think we look good offensively. Defensively was a big step up from last year. It looked great. I mean, uh, Dallas Turner wasn't very um, involved in the pass rushing game, I didn't think, very much. So that'll be interesting to see what he does this week. But, I mean... Um, Braswell, um, linebacker looked great, secondary looked great, so a big thing for us last year was, um, we got beat a lot down the field, we forced a lot of, uh, third, 15, third, and seventeens, um, just, like, long yardage, third downs, and we just gave up easy, like, either, it was a P, either PIs, or, um, just, like, deep routes down the field, uh, so I think that's a big step up this year, then offensively, I mean, you can't really have a better first game than Jalen Milrow did, so.
0: Definitely, especially with the questions surrounding that quarterback battle with Ty Simpson and Jalen Milroe and Tyler Buckner, the transfer from Notre Dame. Uh, definitely some questions answered. He looked pretty good last Saturday. What do you think is going to be hard for Alabama against Texas this Saturday and vice versa? What's going to be hard for Texas and Alabama?
3: Well, obviously, it's the coaching thing. I mean, man, like, um, Stark is an amazing coach. Um, he gave it to Alabama last year. We... Kind of got lucky that Ewers got ended up getting injured, but um, I mean, yeah. And then again, Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy on the offense is just going to be how? How can we limit them? How can we force them um, to maybe have to run the ball a little bit more without Bijan this year? Um, and then whenever they do have to pass on third down, making good plays on third down. And then obviously, I mean, yeah, like Nick Saban, twenty-seven and two or something against a former assistant coaches. So twenty-eight and two. 28-2, it doesn't get much better than that. So um, it'll be interesting for sure. But, I mean, I think that Bama done an exceptional job of transitioning from their offensive scheme last year to this year in the sense that our first half looks look a lot more like getting the run game more involved, like an old-style Derrick Henry Alabama offense, uh, then later in the game play at P- um, RPOs, looking down the field for reads, especially just seeing Milroe hit those um, – that big bomb to Jermaine Burton uh, – at, right before halftime last week, that was a big, just like okay, wow. So that there's the there's the deep ball we've been waiting for. So
0: yeah, especially with I mean I think that's a great point. Saban is twenty eight and two. Uh, it'll be a, definitely an interesting game. I, I think one of the big things that is important is, you know, Quinn Ewers, like you said, he was injured last year in this game, so he gets another crack at it this year, so I guess the question kind of is, you know, with extremely fast wideouts like you said, Xavier Worthy and Jatavion Sanders, uh, you know, is he going to take full advantage of this second chance? I think Alabama, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's middle Tennessee, but I think they looked great, I think they surprised a lot of people uh, just because of the quarterback thing, and, you know, but I think their O-line looks great, I think their defense looks great, uh, my question is, because Texas has those you know, extremely fast wideouts, did Bama fix that position at safety and cornerback? Are they going to be able to keep up with those receivers? Uh, we're going to find out. The ESPN-FPI is Alabama at 81%. The spread is Alabama by 7 Which we talked about last week, the FPI and the spread uh, don't always match up. The ESPN-FPI is Alabama by a lot, but the spread is definitely not. So, Tyler, you're going to make your pick first. Who you got in this game?
3: All right, going into the tide, man. Roll tide. Um, I got uh, Alabama, Nick Saban, Jalen Milrow going in. Home game at T-Town this year. Dixie Landon delighted in it all the way home. Um, I'm going to say Bama by 10 or 13.
0: That's a lot. That's a lot. Man, I got to pick next. This is actually a really tough one because, like I said, I feel like Texas has those extremely fast wideouts. You know, I think that they're gonna have a long I think the Alabama safeties are gonna have a long day with them. Uh, and with that being said, I'm gonna have to go with the Alabama Crimson Tide to win this game. I had to pull the Uno reverse on you. First thing right out the gate. I just can't do it. I, I think that they I think this I, I don't think they cover the spread. I think this ends up being a close one. I say by six. Uh, I think Alabama's defense is going to play well up front, but they will have to battle those wide receivers. I think Quinn Ewers is going to come out and just look super staunch. So my pick, I got Alabama, but they're not covering the spread. All
2: right, that's a tough act to follow. Let me just say that. So I've said this more than once. I've said that if this game this year is in Austin without Bryce Young, Alabama loses. I also still think that last year, if Texas didn't sell prevent defense with Bryce Young, quarterback for Alabama, they would have won last year. Texas has, has some really quick whiteouts. Alabama, some question marks. I mean, Middle Tennessee State is not exactly the team that you want. Uh, your, it is the team you want your warm-up against, but it's not exactly the example. Uh, with that said, this game is in Tuscaloosa. Texas looks really good. I'm going to go with Bama. I think Bama covers. I like Bama by a touchdown, and uh, they, will, they will just cover. They'll win by a touchdown. I think they'll get it done. It'll be a close game. I think Texas will make it really competitive. Quinn Ewers will will really fight for the second chance, and I'm going to pull for Texas, but I think the tide roll.
1: You know, y'all make it really hard on me to make these picks, especially, you know, 3-0 and uh, so far for Alabama. Um, you know, I just have a lot of questions on, uh, you know, the offensive side for Alabama, a lot of uh, – missing pieces. But, you know, as brought up by Tyler, you know, there's no more Bijan Robinson to kind of save them. You know, if that pass game isn't going well for Texas, um, they have nothing else to really fall back on. We thought they would, but from what we've seen so far, not really. Um, I really do think it comes down to defense uh, for this game. And I think that although Texas has seemed to improve on defense this season, um, I think Alabama and Nick Saban, you know, they just always have the upper hand in that department. So I'm going to go ahead and say Alabama. I think they're going to take the spread. I think probably going to go with 10.
0: Hmm. So, yeah, you're right there with Tyler, just like we all are. This is our first ever TBD quadruple pick uh normally we have the the tbd triple pick uh with three people picking the same with all three of us picking the same one we got a fourth person tyler it was so great to have you on the pod man thank you so much and uh dude we'll have to get you on again soon
3: for sure man thanks for the opportunity i'd love to be on again man great to meet y'all y'all
0: you too yeah, Tyler. Man. thanks so much good to meet you now we're gonna move on to our big week two games starting now on saturday and joey's got our first game
1: so we got number 10, Notre Dame versus NC State at 12 p.m. Um, you know, Notre Dame is, they're looking pretty good, man. Um, but, you know, NC State didn't have a great week one. Uh, they kind of, <laughs> they played a little too close against a, a UConn team who, um, for the longest time, was just a basketball school. But, may, you know, maybe they're good at football, uh, but they're still a basketball school. <laughs> um So the real question is, you know, is home field advantage actually important in this game or is Notre Dame just, you know, that much better? Uh, ESPN, FBI, um, Notre Dame has 79%. Uh, The spread is in Notre Dame's favor at 7.5%. Isaac, what do you think? I think
2: that... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna plug a Brian Kelly thing here. I'm gonna say that Notre Dame has a chance to make a statement and and show whether it was really Brian Kelly that made Notre Dame kind of you know average for all those years. Um, after week one, I <laughs> anyway. So here's the thing: Notre Dame's looked really good. NC State struggled against UConn, who is a basketball school, by the way. And NC State is too. I mean, they've had a couple of good years, but they're a basketball school. Okay. And uh, anyway, so with that said, home field advantage, you know, it may be it may be good. I mean, it's a 12 p.m. kickoff. I don't know that it'll be phenomenally great home field advantage in Raleigh. With that said, I like Notre Dame. I, I, I like them to cover. I would say 10 points minimum, but I think given NC State's performance in week one against UConn, the Irish have a chance, honestly, to probably cover by probably two touchdowns, honestly, maybe 10 or 14, uh, either one, but they cover for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, 12 p.m. in Raleigh, typically, you know, home field advantage doesn't play too much effect there. Um, so I, I got Notre Dame, too. I think, honestly, I, I think it could be like 17 points. I think NC State's defense is definitely a solid group. Uh, it's just that offense, man. And I think that you could see possibly what happened in the Clemson-Duke game.
0: Yeah, 12 o'clock in Raleigh at the beginning of September. It's going to be a hot one out there, folks. Uh, So make sure to bring your sunscreen and drink your water if you're headed to this game. Uh, This is going to be a lot closer than people think. I got Notre Dame, obviously, but I got Notre Dame by six. I don't think they cover that spread. I I don't know why something's just telling me, and look, I could be absolutely wrong about this, but sometimes in my gut I feel it and I get it and sometimes I don't. So (laughs) I I say by six. I just think that NC State is going to surprise Notre Dame defensively just a hair and I think that's going to make some things difficult for Sam Hartman and the offense all right moving on now we got a game that we're really excited for now that this team is ranked we have Nebraska versus number 22 Colorado at 12 p.m this game is happening in Boulder it's their season opener against Nebraska and uh wow was Isaac wrong last week what a clown what a clown saying Dion was all false hype get out of here boy 505 yards from the quarterback. Boy, mm, it's good. Shadir Sanders, Travis Hunter. Uh, seriously, man, start watching prime time. They said that he was building Colorado the wrong way, but he showed them and he showed out. Colorado, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, upsets TCU on the road. And, and, and that was Deion Sanders' first game after going 1-11 last year. Uh, Travis and Hunter and Shadur Sanders, that's your answer. Nebraska coming off a heartbreaking loss to Minnesota in their season opener. So they're wanting to get the train rolling and they're wanting to, they're wanting to win. ESPN-FPI is Nebraska 59 Spread is Colorado by three. This is once again where we have one of those different ESPN and spread. ESPN sees Nebraska as the stronger team. Vegas sees Colorado. Joey's picking first. Joey, who you got?
1: As a Panthers fan, I have some bad experience with a man named Matt Rule, who somehow got hired. Nearly immediately after being fired as the Carolina Panthers head coach. He is now coaching at Nebraska. And let me tell you something. That Minnesota game, yeah, it's heartbreaking. They lost in a very close margin. Um, but let me tell you something. That entire game, I, I kept laughing to myself and saying, yep, that's Matt Rule for you. That's Matt Rule. Not much scoring, but a decent bit of defense until when it counts. Uh so I'm going to go ahead and say Colorado is just going to, you know, kind of run all over uh, all over him. Um I think that they have too many weapons, you know, Travis Hunter and Shuddur Sanders. Um you know, that run game is really strong, um but I didn't realize that you know, that QB has an arm, dude, and you know, I think I think they're going to show out against Nebraska. I
0: think one person you're missing there is Dylan Edwards the running back. You did mention the running back, but I wanted to say his name what a guy i picked him up in fantasy and i feel bad for anybody who has to play me the rest of the season uh by the way we're not sponsored but we do play fantasy on fan tracks we love the app and uh, if you're looking for a place to play college fantasy football we we think it's great um yeah, uh I I'm, I'm just going to make it easy on you guys. I got Colorado and I got Colorado by 17. I think that I think that Nebraska is going to get blown out of the water. If they were able to do that against TCU and look TCU may not have been the best team, but if if Colorado was able to do that to the TCU on the road, I'm really excited to see what Colorado can do against an unranked team at home.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you, Mason. Uh, the fact that this game is, is at Colorado is going to be great. The fan base is behind him, the same fan base we just talked about who raised over $20 million in the matter of a few days for Dion. It's going to be a really good game for Colorado. Again, Matt Rule, he is a seven-win college coach at best, and I'm being generous. He can He He can go, he can make bowl games. It might be the Cheez-It Bowl, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's not much to be said about this game. I think Colorado wins big. I would say two touchdowns minimum, probably 17 or 21. Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers, I mean, they're going to get huskied.
1: It's just crazy to see that Matt Rule was one of the, the greatest college football head coaches at Baylor, went on to coach the NFL, was absolutely horrible, ruined the team, in fact, and then came back to college and is running the same kind of system that he did in the NFL that didn't work out. So, yeah, I
2: don't know. I, I, I would argue Dave Tepper ruined the Panthers,
1: but that's a story for another day. It's, it's more of a 50-50 job there. If you guys
0: didn't know, uh, Isaac and Joey are both Panthers fans. Uh, TBD NFL no longer exists. We're sorry. Uh, but go check out some, uh, some content elsewhere. I can't decide what I am. I, I, I think I'm going to be a Philadelphia Bulldogs fan this year. Falcons suck. It is what it is. All
2: right, folks, our next game is 20th-ranked Ole Miss playing in New Orleans at 24th-ranked Tulane at 3.30 p.m. So not sure what to expect in this game. Ole Miss obviously dominated against Mercer. They put up 73 points, but it's Mercer. I mean, Alabama did the same thing a few years back. Will they do the same or is Tulane better than people think? You know, it could go either way. I mean, Lane Kiffin's trying to figure out this whole portal thing and NIL and Jackson Dart under center in in, uh, in Oxford. Uh, the ESPN FPI has Ole Miss at seventy-seven percent, but the spread is only seven and a half points for the Rebels. Guys, here we have another massive FPI and pretty minimal
0: spread. So, what do you got, man? You had a pretty intense quarterback battle between Jackson Dart and the spin and the transfer Spencer Sanders from. Oklahoma State, uh, and they, they got Jackson Dart under center, uh, man, I really don't know what to expect, and I don't even know if I agree with that, I guess just because uh, Jackson Dart has the seniority, obviously, I'm going to pick Ole Miss, and obviously, I'm going to pick them to cover the spread, I don't think Tulane is that good, like, this is not Tulane, okay, I'm sorry, Tulane is good, they are a very good team, but Ole Miss is not USC, I think that their defense is improving. I think they're going to figure some things out. I think this might be close, but I do have Ole Miss to cover the spread. I got them. I think, this, I think it's close early. I think Tulane comes out swinging. They may even draw first blood, uh, but I think Ole Miss is going to figure some things out in the second half, and I think that they're going to win it by 10.
2: So let me just say the irony in the words Ole Miss and defense, simply because it's a Lane Kiffin team. It's a little bit of irony in that sentence, but I digress. It's my pick. I'm also going with the Rebels. I think that they will beat Tulane. I think I think they'll cover. I like Ole Miss by ten. I think they'll put up a good fight. I think Tulane, like Mason said, comes out swinging early and a Lane Kiffin defense. They buckle up when they have to in the second half. It'll be a good game, but I think the Rebels take a ride down I-55 and get the win.
1: I think it's funny what both of y'all said. Yes, the irony and a Lane Kiffin team and defense used in the same word uh, or in the same sentence. But also, you brought up USC. And let me tell you something. Ole Miss is the USC of the SEC. So, let me tell you something. I got Tulane. I think their defense pulls it through. I think they hold up against Ole Miss's offense. And their offense, their own offense can keep up. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think it, it's probably going to be won by a field goal. Uh, but I got Tulane. You can make that
0: pick as long as you agree that we are going to clown you next week if they get beat by 20, okay? Fair
1: enough. All right, our next game is number 23 Texas A&M at Miami at 3:30. Um, so is this the battle of the worst teams in the conference last year? Both teams got upset by a group of five opponents at home last year, A&M by App state, which is a good team. Don't get me wrong. And Miami by Middle Tennessee, which earlier uh, we brought up, not not the greatest team. Um, so it's going to be the end of the home and home between the two teams. A did win uh, last year at home. This year it's at Miami. So maybe we see a little trend here. ESPN F B I has uh, Miami at fifty three percent, but Vegas disagrees. Vegas has Texas A and M at Four and a half. Isaac, what do you think about this game? So
2: I think that if Miami was to win this game, it adds to the fact that Jimbo has struggled in College Station, and I think that he's on the hot seat. I was going to say that earlier when Mason mentioned them being ranked. I think that he's fighting for his job. Uh, but with that said, is it a battle of the worst teams in the conference uh, from last year? I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough because A&M, now A&M beat LSU, so I, I don't have anything to say about that. So here's what I'm going to say. 53% Miami, 4.5% A&M. This is a tough one. I'm going to go with the Aggies. I think they're going to go into South Beach and get the win. Call it SEC bias, but I think the recruiting classes from AM are going to start to mature a little bit. Uh, and I think that they're going to go into Miami and get the win. I think they'll cover. I think they'll win by a touchdown, but it will be very close. It will be an absolute battle.
1: I can definitely see where you're coming from there. Uh, I was watching a little uh, show the other day called uh, ACC PM on the ACC Network um, because I am an ACC fan, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, they brought up a good point, and it was how Miami's performance this past weekend was an improvement from last season. And that's really what we look for. We don't look for, you know, if they're really good or really bad. We look for, did they improve from last season? And, you know, Miami did really good in their first game of the season. Texas A&M, you know, they also did pretty good. Um, Between the two, it's really hard to say. Um, But I will go ahead and say I'm going to take Texas A&M. In this game, I think that Miami will keep it close, though. I got it by a field goal as well uh, for this game. Um, But, yeah, I think Jimbo is just too annoying for the ACC folk.
0: Yeah, they're obviously wanting to win. Uh, Jimbo needs it because they've already been talking about the buyout. It's like a $160 million buyout. (laughs) Yeah, so he needs some success down in College Station this year. So that's why I have Texas A&M to win and win big. I got Texas A&M by 20 this year. Um, I, I think that Miami, uh, they're, they're going to have some issues rebuilding. Mario Cristobal is still rebuilding. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think Texas A&M wins it. They win big. Next game up, this is Iowa at Iowa State at 3.30 p.m. The battle for the state of Iowa, the Farmer Bowl. Uh, Big-time rivalry right here, although we are missing running back Brees Hall uh, running back that me and Joey so thoroughly enjoyed watching over the last couple years. Uh, we talked a little, about him a lot before Isaac joined. Uh, both teams have started out 1-0. Obviously, Iowa just dropped out of the rankings, probably to make room for Colorado or Duke. Uh, they just want to prove that they, de- that they deserve to be up there. All right? Iowa State, they're looking for another dub to jumpstart their season. Obviously, looking to get back in the Big 12 Championship. They were in it in 2020. Lost uh, in a crazy way to Oklahoma. Uh, so yeah, They're just looking to get back to where they were. ESPN-FPI in this game Iowa State fifty-seven spread Iowa by four. Once again, another mismatch in the ESPN FBI and the spread. Joey's picking first. They think it's going to be close. Who you got?
1: I mean, I definitely agree that it's going to be a close game. Um, you know, both teams being one and zero is a pretty good start, I will say. Uh, but let me just tell you this: this is typically one of the most boring games of the weekend. Um, you know, Iowa typically has one of those greater uh, defenses. Meanwhile, Iowa State has the greater offense between the two. Um, it's never vice versa for some reason. Uh, <laughs> uh, at Iowa State, I'm going to go ahead and say that Iowa State's going to win this year. Um, I definitely think it's going to be a close game, though. I think it's going to be determined by at least one point. Um, I don't think either team is really, like, I like eye-opening kind of like really amazing um so we'll see but I got Iowa State by one
0: by one wow so not so Iowa Iowa State obviously you got them to cover the spread and win that game and it's going to be super close and I agree with with Vegas and ESPN I think this is going to be an extremely close game uh you know what though I'm a defensive guy. I believe strongly that defense is so important, even if you don't have an offense. But if you have enough of an offense to keep up, it's good. I'm making this really hard for Isaac, and I'm so sorry, but I'm picking Iowa.
2: I'm going to be honest with you, Mason. It's not that hard for me because Iowa has consistently, like Joey and yourself said, they've consistently put a defense on the field that has made them at least somewhat competitive in the Big Ten. Now, that's not super hard to do in the Big Ten, but a good defense is important. I think back to several years ago when, I think it was 2018, when Penn State was playing at Iowa and the last drive of the game, Tracing Sorley threw for a touchdown and it was a walk-off dub. I say that because Iowa's defense, again, is what has always kept them at least somewhat relevant with a decent offense. With that said, this game is in Des Moines. It can go either way. Iowa by four, Iowa State 57%. This is a really tough one. The Cyclones, they're they're at home. I'm going with the Hawkeyes. I think they're going to go into Des Moines and get the win. It's going to be close. I like them by a field goal. I don't think they cover. I like them by a field goal. Um, It's about as close as you can get without picking one point like Joey did. But I think Iowa gets the win, and it will be a potentially boring, but also potentially a really good game.
0: I think this is going to be – a particularly low scoring game too. Like I can see this like another like seven to three or like 10 to nine, something like something stupid like that.
1: (laughs) It always is. (laughs) It always (laughs) is.
2: All right, folks, it's going to take us into our next game, which is unranked Appalachian state playing in Chapel Hill against 17th ranked UNC at 515 PM. This was a great matchup last year in Boone. It really was. And, Kid Brewer was rocking. Boone is a great place to see a football game if you've never been. If you guys happen to be locals, you should go. Looking for another one in Chapel Hill this year? You can never really count App State out of any game. They're just that team. They went into College Station last year at Kyle Field, and they beat Texas A&M. Nobody would have thought a Sunbelt team was going to beat an SEC team. Now it's also A&M, but we'll give App State the credit here. Drake May looked really good against South Carolina. It could be a very long day for the Mountaineer defense. The ESPN fbi has the Tar Heels at 92%. The spread is is my Carolina by 18. Um Mason's picking first. Give me some of your thoughts, guys. What do you
0: got? You make a really good point, you know, App State is is that team. You can never count them out of any game, like literally any game. Like you think about they beat Michigan that one time, you know, a, a while ago. They pull off an upset last year. Yeah, you pull off an upset against Texas A&M out on the road last year. No, don't get me wrong, Texas A&M was garbage last year, but still to pull off that upset on the road at one of the hardest places to play in college football is insane. And then you also have them, you know, get that hail mary win against Troy at home last year, which was insane in itself. Uh, so this is going to not be a close game, though. I got UNC. Uh, I think that I think that UNC is gonna. I mean, Okay, I, I say it's not going to be close as in I have UNC to not cover the spread, but not close because they're going to win by like 16 to 17. So I got UNC. So
2: I am just I just have to think about this. And App State, they hosted Gardner-Webb for their first game last weekend in Boone at Kid Brewer. And Gardner-Webb, I didn't even know they had a football team. I'm going to be honest with you. So here's the thing. App State started really, really slow against the Bulldogs last weekend. I really think that – and, of course, they ended up winning big. So, don't get me wrong. All that said, it's in Chapel Hill. You know, the Tar Heel fans, they're going to be behind them. Drake May really did look good against South Carolina last weekend, Charlotte. It pains me. I'm I'm going to pick the Tar Heels. I don't think they cover. I think they win by 17. App State makes it a decent game as long as their offense gets off to a better start. Their defense, I think, makes it a pretty decent game. But I think the Tar Heels win probably by 17, just under the spread.
1: Man, y'all are really picking high for this game. Let me tell you something about App State and UNC. This game's always close. Like, for no good reason either. It's always close. Um, So, even when App State doesn't have a good quarterback, no offense to Chase Bryce, but he was a backup at Clemson, okay? (laughs) You know, not necessarily UNC-level starter quarterback or Drake May or Trevor Lawrence. Um, But, you know, it is at Chapel Hill, I'll give you that. But I don't think it's going to be as wide of a margin. Like Isaac said, yeah, they started off slow against uh, Gardner-Webb. But, again, they, they found themselves out. They figured it out for that second half, and they laid a pummeling on them. Um, I'm still going to pick UNC. I think that you know UNC has the offense there, but I think I think App State can keep up and I think that App State you know they they, they cover that spread but I think UNC wins by a touchdown and App State has the final drive too. They just can't pull it off. There's another TBD
0: triple pick for you, and we've had a lot of those. So like Isaac said last week, we're all going to do really well, or we're all screwed. So uh, moving on to our next game, Uh, this is a game that I fought Joey for, and he gave it to me, so I'm hoping uh, that it will be a great game, uh, a close game. Uh, The game that he wanted was Oregon against Texas Tech, which I understand. You know, there's history in that game. It's, It's usually really close, but Oregon did beat up On Portland State last week by 81 points and Texas Tech lost to Wyoming I don't think it will be that close um I thought this game was going to be a lot more close I think it'll be a lot more interesting this is UCF at Boise State at 7 p.m. last week obviously UCF they just demolished Kent State uh 56 to 7 I believe was the final score um Boise State they did play well against Washington in the first half yes you look at the score and you say well it's 56 to 19 how is that good uh You know what, because it's Boise State, they started out playing really well in the first half, um, giving Washington some problems uh, until the Huskies ran away with it. Um, I personally think it will be a lot closer than people think. Um, The ESPN-FPI, obviously UCF by 78, but the spread is UCF by 3.5. So again, ESPN-FPI thinking UCF by 10, uh, spread thinking by 3.5. Isaac's picking first. Who you got?
2: UCF has fallen from grace a bit. Boise State has the blue field. It's really cool. It always has been. UCF is not the monster they once were, and the American. Um, Washington, of course, has Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback, which hence why they ran away from Boise last weekend. This one is really throwing me off because we have another FPI and spread conflict. All that said, this game is in Boise. I'm going to go with the Broncos. I think that they will cover. I like them by a touchdown. Actually, take that back. Nope. I like the Broncos by a field goal. It'll be a good game, at least I hope it will be for Mason's sake. I think the Broncos get this one done on the blue field at Boise State, which I just want to say it again because it's really cool.
1: I will say the blue field is cool, but it it very much injures a lot of ducks. So let's be praying for those ducks. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just put that out to put this out here. Um, I think that the asterisk. Uh, previous once upon a time national champions UCF uh, are going to win this game <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to be a close game I think it's going to be you know UCF's offense is going to kind of run all over their deep Boise's defense um yes Boise had a good first half against Washington but then you saw their offense kind of fall apart uh pretty easily uh, in that second half um and I think that continues. I think the quarterback position, although they may be super confident in him, I think it's kind of weak. It, it's kind of weak. Um, but we'll see how it goes against this UCF off- or defense. But, yeah, I got UCF.
0: Joey, I really don't know how you can say any of that, honestly. I mean, the way that Boise played last week against against the Huskies in the first half was honestly really good. And if they can keep that rolling into the second half, I think that they can do really well. And it's in Boise. And that's why I'm picking UCF to win by 10 points. I got y'all, bro. Yes, UCF. They're looking really good. Destroyed Kent State last week. Uh, I still think it's going to be a good game. They might not cover the spread, but I'm covering or I'm calling them to pick the spread.
1: Our next game is number 19, Wisconsin at Washington State at 7:30 p.m. Um, So this is the game that I got out of the fight. with Mason for the Boise State game. I, I won and lost at the same time. Um, but again, both teams start out 1-0, uh, the end of yet another home and home. There's just a bunch of those this year, uh, the past few years. Uh, Washington State did win it in the cheese state last year in Wisconsin by a field goal. Um, but does Wisconsin get to return the favor in Washington? If Wisconsin loses, does the AP throw them out? Um, I'm going to go ahead and put my opinion in for it. Um, I think they do, uh, because Wisconsin has a history of, you know, looking really good and then all of a sudden just dropping off. So history repeats itself. Uh, ESPN, FPI, Wisconsin is at 64%. uh, And the spread in Vegas, Wisconsin, by 6.5%. I'm going to go ahead and go first, because... I am just amazing that way. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that, you know, these are two different offenses. Uh, One offense, their style is air-raid. They throw the ball so freaking much in Washington State. Um, And, you know, you have Wisconsin, who runs the ball extremely well. You know, they are a factory of some of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, With that being said, I think that, you know... I think Wisconsin can put it together on defense this year. I think last year they kind of had a hiccup or two that kind of made them realize, hey, wake up. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and take Wisconsin here, um, and I think it's going to be by a field goal again. I think it's going to be by a field goal, returning the favor this time in Washington State, Wisconsin winning.
0: Yeah, so I just wanted to start off with a couple of things. So first of all, yes, I do think that if if Wisconsin does lose this game, I think the AP throws them out. I was saying to one of my friends earlier, the AP is not playing around this year. Win or you're out. I mean, look how far they dropped Clemson. They dropped, you know, TCU. And TCU was just in the national championship. You know, they didn't play a bad football game. They played... Poorly defensively, yes, but they played great offensively. Uh, and, and AP dropped them out. Same thing with Iowa. Iowa didn't even lose when they dropped them out. And that was for to put Duke in, right? And then they dropped Clemson all the way to 25 after losing. I mean, AP is win or you're out this year. That's number one. Number two, complementary football is what wins in football now, right? So you have Wisconsin who constantly runs the ball. You have Washington who constantly throws the ball. You know, but a, a good team, really, if when you look at like the past couple national champions, they were good at both. They were good at passing the ball, they were good at running the ball, and they were good on defense. Which is why I think both of these teams are going to do really well offensively this is probably going to be a high yardage game for both teams but it's going to come down to defense who can stop the other team and I think that's going to be Washington State I have Washington State to win this game in Wisconsin this year I think they go back to back in this game and I think they're going to take home the dub I think it's going to be close I have Washington State by six so obviously I'm going to call them to cover um, because they're going to win I think (laughs) but that's who I've got in this game
2: so this one, this one, the boys really did make tough on me because I'm torn because Wisconsin does historically have a pretty good run offense or a pretty good running game, I should say. A fair defense. Washington State, I remember Garner Minshew a few years ago when he transferred from East Carolina. I mean, really lit up the air raid offense out there on the West Coast with the Cougars. Both teams are one to know. Uh, Wisconsin is fighting for an AP spot. Wisconsin's favored by six and a half. I think it is going to come down to a matter of defense. But I think the Cougars offense is going to overpower Wisconsin's defense. And I think Washington State wins this game by a touchdown. I think they cover uh, as an underdog. I I think that they cover by a touchdown. It will be a good game, probably a high yardage game. Probably Washington State, probably 31-24, if I had to guess. And that's going to take us in, actually, to our last game of week two, which is Oklahoma State at Arizona State at 10.30 p.m., the West Coast nightcap Big 12-Pac-12 interconference matchup. Both teams will be conference opponents soon, with the end of the Pac-12 coming next year. Arizona State is moving over to the Big 12. Oklahoma State looking to put together a run to the Big 12 championship and possibly the playoffs. Emphasis on possibly. Expectations for Mike Gundy's 100th season with the Cowboys. (laughs) That's a consistent job right there. That's a consistent job. The Cowboys are favored. Uh, They got, see, FPI 71%, Oklahoma State. That's where Garth Brooks went to school, so I like that. Oklahoma State favored by three and a half. Uh, this This one could be an interesting one. Mason's picking first. I'm glad it's not me. Mason, what do you got?
0: You know, a lot of people are probably going to say that this game could be close. Arizona State looking pretty good, uh, you know. Oklahoma State looking pretty good. I'm going to have to go with the Big Twelve over the Pac-12 in this one. Uh, I think that Oklahoma State is going to pull this out. Obviously, they're missing you know Spencer Sanders, which is going to be a huge loss for them. Uh, but I I think that they're going to do fine. I think that they're going to win this game and cover. I got Oklahoma State by seven.
2: So the Cowboys by seven. It's not a bad pick. Something we won't see in Dallas this year. So, another FPI spread. This is really honestly getting on my nerves. I don't know about y'all, but this is really starting to bother me. It's like Vegas saying one thing, ESPN saying another. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with Mason. I think I'm going to have to go with the Big 12 over the Pac-12. Just historically, numbers-wise and 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 statistically, the Big 12 has just been a better conference. I like the Cowboys to cover. I like them by six. I think it'll be two field goals, not necessarily a touchdown but they will cover and I think they'll go out west and knock off the Sun Devils.
1: Man, e- either I'm going to like show y'all up after this weekend or I'm going to look terrible. Um because I'm going to go ahead and pick Arizona State. It's at Arizona State and you know, last year there was high, high expectations for this team. You know, their offense was supposed to be incredible um and not to say they weren't, uh but their defense was Oh, my goodness. Awful. Um, But, you know, I think that with a team who, you know, is trying to figure it out on offense again, uh, you know, of course, with a good defense, Arizona State has a better chance uh, this year. So I'm going to go ahead and take Arizona State, clearly taking the spread. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say by a touchdown.
0: Yeah, we've definitely got some great games this week, and what I love about this week is that we actually had some games this week that were a little bit difficult to pick, and we we picked differently on some. Last week, it was like, yep, it's this great team versus this horrible team. All right, well, we're all picking the great team, and then vice versa. I mean, all, all, all the way down the list almost, except for like a couple. Um, the only games that we picked different on last week uh, was Northwestern and Rutgers, which me and Joey lost, and Isaac won, of course, and then Florida State and LSU, which I picked Florida State, and I was right, so there you go. But uh, yeah, great great week of games. Really looking forward to watching some of these this week, uh, texas Alabama Alabama's going to be great. It was great to have Tyler on, um, you know, but this is, this is the end of this
1: episode. And always remember.
0: No matter what team you pull for, if you're on God's side, you're always on the winning team. Just know that the Bible tells us in Romans 5, that while we were still sinners, God showed his love for us in this that he sent his only son to die for us. While we were still the enemies of God, he loved us so much that he sent his only son to die for us. We all know that we are sinners that need Jesus to save us. Me, Isaac, and Joey have all given our lives to Jesus and believed that. And we believe that you should too. If you ever have any questions about that, or if you're struggling with anything, you need prayer, please hit us up on our Facebook and Instagram DMs. Leave a comment on this YouTube video. We'd love to chat with you. We'd love to talk to you and, uh, you know, we just know that Jesus loves you, and we want you to believe the same thing. So that is this episode. Thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, we'll see you next week.
2: Bye bye Later.